Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 4, 10 through 17, called, Oh Lord, Please Send Someone Else. I was reading a story this week of a pastor, I believe it was a pastor or a gentleman who was in leadership at a church, and uh, a child was born to his bride, and the child came out, and the child had Down syndrome. And he was devastated, and he didn't know how he was going to tell his wife. His wife was away recovering, and he talked to a, a friend of his who was also a leader in the church, and the leader pointed him to Exodus 4.11 and said, this is no mistake. The Lord is going to use this child for his glory. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I understand everything about that. I don't. But I know the stories just like you do of Johnny Erickson Tata, who in that diving accident becomes a quadriplegic. And she would say out of her own mouth that I don't believe that the Lord would have used me the way he used me unless I would have been in a wheelchair. That uh, wheelchair ministry she has all over the world. And she tells a story recently. She's had cancer as well that she was in Jerusalem and she was at the pool of Bethesda. And I thought she was going to talk about how she was going to pray that the Lord would heal her finally. And she said she prayed and gave thanks that the Lord had not healed her so that her ministry could thrive from her weakness. Nick Vujicic is another one, and there are many other stories. You know, a guy with no arms and no legs who changes the world. Would he have changed the world had he been, you know, a normal person, whatever we call normal? Probably not. And in John chapter 9, Jesus is walking, and he saw, Jesus saw a man born blind. And the apostle said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born this way? And Jesus said, neither him nor his parents sinned. This has happened that the glory of God might be revealed in this man. And if you read on in the account, the man does get healed and he becomes a picture of a spiritual awakening going from blind to seeing and really becomes a a rebuke to the religious leadership of the day. And there are times when we've gone through loss or we've, you know, hit a... Uh, several bumps in the road, and somehow the Lord has used it for his glory. In this community, we had that terrible accident uh, just about a year ago where, you know, there's uh, people who are prominent in the church, lost children, teenagers. How do we make sense of that? I will tell you that I went to the service following that accident when, you know, uh, I think it was three young men perished, including... uh, the Hawkins boy. And I was at Crossroads when they did, did that service and that was jam-packed. There was probably over 3,000 people there. There were high school students there and the uncle got up and preached. The uncle of one of the kids that died in that accident. And the uncle, I tell you what, you could have heard a pin drop in that sanctuary. And the uncle proclaimed the gospel and it was such a powerful emotional moment. And there were kids in football jerseys sitting there and all these kids from different high schools and youth groups. And it was a, it was a, it was a God moment. Now, I can't tell you everything about, 
you know, the whys of life. I don't understand all of those things. I know our pain is real and our struggles are real, but God exploits it for his good purposes. And when Moses is questioning God, he's essentially saying, I don't appreciate the way that you made me or I don't appreciate the weaknesses that you've given me. One writer says, every time we complain about our personal limitations, what we are actually doing is insulting the God who made us, close quote. We're saying, you didn't give me this. This is why I can't do what you've called me to do because of this and that. But I mentioned to you that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Psalm 139, 14 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's all of us. No matter what limitations you feel that you have, no matter, you know, sometimes what happens is the area of our greatest weakness becomes a doorway for ministry. Sometimes our greatest hurts, the things that we've gone through in our lives, become platforms for God to help us help others with the comfort with which we've been comforted by God. And I don't understand, again, every angle of that, but I will tell you that's what God does. For me, you know, I have the, the, the pain of a father that left very, when I was very young. I have a, a background where I wasn't always a Christian, and I, my trajectory in life was not to go to Bible college and become a pastor. And I, I can understand people who go through those struggles. Moses is, is essentially saying, I'm not happy with the way you made me and why it isn't that you haven't changed me in the 15 minutes that we've been talking with each other. And we get impatient. And we say, Lord, I, I can't do it. I'm not the right person. This writer says, like Moses, we are prone to place far too much reliance on natural ability and not nearly enough on supernatural assistance. Close quote. We, we, because this is the way the world is, right? We measure everything by ability and looks and talent and all of that. But in the kingdom of God, it's the exact opposite. It's your pride that often becomes a block to God working in your life. And before God can greatly use a man or a woman, he must greatly break that man or that woman. I wish I would have known that before I signed the contract. But Christians don't tell you those things at the beginning. You're a brand new Christian. You walk down the aisle. Oh, praise the Lord here. Just, you know, read the Gospel of John. This is awesome. Go to this Bible study. They don't tell you about spiritual warfare. They don't tell you about the small print and the contract. Why do you people do these things? Oh, wait a minute. I'm one of you. Never mind. We can't tell them everything up front. <laughs> Maybe we should. Anyway. Now, I want to take you to a few passages. I want you to hold your place in Exodus and go to Isaiah. We're talking about the mouth and the calling of people that God chooses. Everybody that God chooses is unqualified because we're human. And Isaiah sees this great vision. Isaiah chapter 6, we're looking at verse 5. He sees the Lord. He sees him exalted He sees the seraphim, Isaiah chapter 6. They're calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
The foundation of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Isaiah 6, 5. And Isaiah said, he sees the Lord high and lifted up, and he says, woe is me. Almost like Peter, I'm a sinful man. I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. I think Isaiah has a sense that he's going to be called into a ministry where he's going to have to speak. And once he sees the Lord, he's like, man, I am a sinful man, just like Peter. And I live among a people who are sinful, of unclean lips. You know, sometimes when we get a just a taste of the holiness and glory of God and we look at our world and we look at the pride and we look at the division and we look at the ugliness and we look at the things that happen behind closed doors, we're like, really? Oh my goodness. When you compare that to Almighty God and the glory in, you know, in which he uh, is enveloped, you're just undone. You're, you're ruined. You want to say, I'm not the man. I can't be. But notice, then one came of the seraphim, flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with the tongs. And he, what's your Bible say? He touched my mouth. And with it, he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is forgiven. Notice it's right there where we speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he was touched with that coal. Cleansing is always part of commissioning. Always. If you are going to be used by God, he wants you to be a holy vessel. And that's the one thing that we are not in and of ourselves is holy, amen? But he wants us to be. And so he touches us with the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get saved by grace. And then he begins to do a sanctifying work. And what he's doing is he's getting rid of the chaff so that you can be more of the wheat, if you will, so that you can bring forth the truth of who he is. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, after he was touched, here am I, what's your Bible say? Send me. Now, in the very next book is the book of Jeremiah, chapter one. I want you to see what happens with Jeremiah. A very similar kind of experience. Just the next book to your right as we look at a few of the major prophets in the Bible and their calling from God. Jeremiah chapter one, verse six. Here's what Jeremiah says. He says, alas, Lord God, Jeremiah one, six, behold, I do not know how to speak. I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, Jeremiah one, seven, do not say I am a youth. He may have been about 20 to 25 at this point. Because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand, and what did he do? He touched my mouth. Who made the mouth, remember? And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I've appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod. Interesting. Reminds me of Moses and his staff of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, you've seen well. 
for I am watching over my word to perform it. See, what we often do is we think, well, I got to do this alone, or I got to have the strength to do this. And the Lord says, no, you simply have to allow me to touch your life in such a way that you become a vessel for me. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event, a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry we would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. You simply have to allow me to touch your life in such a way that you become a vessel for me. All his denial of being a good speaker, Moses seems to be doing a pretty good job arguing with God. You know, sometimes our arguments are self-defeating. The whole time he's saying, I can't do it, he doesn't seem like he's stuttering. I'm not the man. I haven't been able to speak from the time that I was a youth. I'm not so eloquent. Nothing in there about the inability to argue with God. If you can argue with God, you can certainly say to the Pharaoh, let my people go, even if you have to gulp before you say it. Do you guys remember uh, there was a pastor and he went to the famous Evan prison in, I think it was Iran. Go back to Exodus. And there were uh, American prisoners in there and prisoners from different parts of the world And he stood out in front of that prison in Iran and shouted, let my people go. And he was finally rushed into the prison and they started questioning this guy. Who are you and what are you doing here? And he was quoting from the book of Exodus, crying out for people to be freed from that terrible prison. You want to talk about boldness? You want to talk about, you better make sure God's called you to do that. Did, did I hear Iran? <laughs> did I hear properly? You know, they said of the Apostle Paul that uh, he was an impressive speaker. And in the Greek world, oratory was very important. They say, 2 Corinthians 10.10, Paul's letters are weighty and strong, but his personal presence is unimpressive, and his speech is contemptible or of no account. In Acts 17, he's up there on Mars Hill, and they say, what does this babbler wish to say? He seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11.6, even if I'm unskilled in speech, 
yet I'm not so in knowledge. In fact, in every way, we have made this evident to you in all things. Even the great apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament letters, apparently when he showed up at a church and people had received his letters, they looked at him and they went something like this. That's Paul? Are you kidding me? And there's some tradition that says Paul had bow legs, he had a big old nose, he was balding, and he had runny eyes. The great apostle Paul preaching this Sunday at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Open your Bibles. You know what we do when we see something like that? We're like, what's going on with this guy? Runny eyes. Get him a napkin. Somebody get him a napkin. We're pretty good at being critical, right? When the person in the ring is bleeding, somebody wipe that cut. Doesn't he know how to duck? (laughs) And in, in the ancient world, they said if you suffered a malady or you got beat up in a fight or you had an ongoing sickness that was not cured, you were under the curse of the gods. Why would I as a Greek aristocrat or a Uh, A Roman, you know, governor, listen to somebody like him. He's a disaster. And then he opens his mouth. And you know what you sense from somebody like Paul? Power. Unbridled power. And not because he's got the best suit on and the most impressive guy, but you know what? There's no replacing power. You can sense when the power of God is on a person. Amen? Have you ever sensed it before? Have you ever been in a conversation and you began rifling off passages that you didn't even know that you knew? I know you guys could share stories where you shared with a coworker or a friend and you're like, I don't know where that scripture came from, but man, I was rattling Bible verses left and right. I don't even think some of them I learned. You did. Somewhere along the way, you heard that verse and the Lord cataloged that verse in your heart and he brought it out by the Holy Spirit. Mark 13, 11, God, uh, Jesus says to the apostles, when they arrest you and put you before kings and governors, don't worry about what you're gonna say because the Holy Spirit's gonna give you what you need in that moment. That is not a verse about not preparing, by the way. We need to be prepared. We need to learn. We need to grow. It is the responsibility of a pastor to be diligent to present himself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. Yet at the same time, if I'm a good technician, if I can speak with eloquence but have not love, or I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, you can forget it. It's like the, the dinner party where, you know, there's two men who read Psalm 23 and the first man is a great actor and orator and he goes up and he reads Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and he's got the, the you know, the correct way to enunciate and all of that. And then some old man comes up and he also reads the Psalm with, you know, he's, he's got a cracking voice and he's barely can hold himself up and the people sense the difference. And they say, what was the difference between the great orator and the old man? And the comment is from the orator, I read the psalm, he knows the shepherd. That's the difference. So don't think that you have to have it all together 
to serve the Lord. You don't. You just need to lean into him. And finally, Moses, back in Exodus 4, says, here's our title. Please, Lord, now send by whomever thou wilt. If you have an NIV, Exodus 4.13 says, Moses said, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Say what? He's at the burning bush. He just had the God of the universe say, I'm the great I am. I'm the eternal existing one. And I will be to you whatever you need me to be. And Moses is like, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. Lord, send whomever you will. Your will be done except for me. We, We are famous at doing something like this in the modern church. You know, it would be great if a ministry was started in this particular area because I could see that this would minister to many people. It would be good if the church would start a ministry right there. I've had some people call me and ask me and I've responded, is the Lord calling you to start it? Or do you want us to just add it to our list of ministries? Maybe he's calling you. What? No. I was just pointing out the need. Something really needs to be done about that over there by somebody. Maybe you guys should pray about that. When the modern church becomes about one man preaching and a group of people watching, we've lost our way. This is a holy moment for equipping so that we can hear the voice of our Lord and go out and make a difference in the world. Amen? It's not a spectator sport. And I know there's a lot of hungry believers in this room and watching because you guys have heard the call of God. And you're like, Lord, with fear and trembling, here I am. Moses essentially says to God, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm out of excuses, I'm out of objections. Please, Lord, the updated New American, send the message by whomever you will, but not me. Remember when God called Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh, preach the message that I give to you. And Jonah made a sign. Oh, no, I won't go. And God said, oh, yeah? And so he bought a ticket and he got on the ship and he went down, 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 down and the storm came and they went down where he was sleeping and hey, who are you? Where'd you come from? Call on your God. And they drew lots and the lot fell to Jonah and they said, who are you? Where'd you come from? Oh, I'm an Israelite. I serve the living and the true God. The storm was because of Jonah. And he went into the water and God prepared a great sea monster to swallow up the wayward prophet. The sea monster, whether it was a whale or not, was a provision of God's grace, not of his judgment. You've been listening to Oh Lord, Please Send Someone Else, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 4, 10 through 17. And if you missed any part of the program today, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. 
With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, which is the church behind Walk in Truth, and that's where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies and free events, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. You can also learn about this Sunday's service and what the teaching will be on. Pastor Michael would love it if you came by for a visit. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app from your app store. And remember, it's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Now remember, uh, I pastor a church in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And if you don't have a home church and you're anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, the church is located off the 91 freeway, uh, Lincoln Exit uh, in the city of Corona. 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. of the two morning services. There's a Spanish service. At 1 p.m., a great group that's meeting together there, just kind of launching that. And we, I would love to meet you. You can bring out your family, bring out your friends, come alone. Come and have a donut and some coffee in the courtyard. Come and say hi. I would love to meet you. Again, it's Living Truth, two services, 8.30, 10.30 a.m. in the city of Corona. Come on out and worship with us. We'll see you here. God bless. Have a great weekend. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us Monday for Part 3 of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 4, verses 10-17, through 17, called... Oh Lord, please send someone else. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.